Hey guys, just a quick note before we get started with this episode. This is my annual Ultra Runner of the Year ballot podcast where I go through my ballot before I turn it in for voting for Ultra Runner of the Year. And I usually have a guest or two on to help me with that process and try to talk me out of any mistakes I might be making. By the time you guys hear this show, the ballot will have been turned in already. And I just wanted to let you guys know that there are definitely some (laughs) uh, unusual or controversial positions that I might have taken, (laughs) specifically when we get to be talking about Camille Heron in the Female Ultra Runner of the Year category. I stand by everything I said in terms of how I evaluate criteria and what I feel should and shouldn't be kind of held up as important criteria for the voting and for this process. But on going back and further discussing this with people and and re-examining my picks, I realized that my I, I wasn't quite holding people to the same standard that I was holding Camille to, and my internal logic didn't really hold up there. So I've made some changes on both the men's and the women's side. And in the episode notes for this podcast or in the comments under maybe the Facebook post or something, I'll I'll put out my final ballot, which will be slightly different from what we discussed on the show here. But Camille is significantly higher. I don't want to kind of ruin the episode, but I move her up quite a bit in my final ranking. So before you guys freak out about where I have her initially, I just wanted to let you know that that's the case. Otherwise, yeah, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host, and once again, I'm very excited to be joined by my partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express, the Lucy Bartholomew to my Lucy Van Pelt, the legend himself, Phil Vondra. Phil, welcome back to the Pain Cave. It is good to be here, Jay. Nice to uh, get one more in for the year, I guess, right? Yeah, last one for the year, and really uh, my favorite, I think, podcast episode of the year where we get to debate the Ultra Runner of the Year and Performance of the Year ballots. The impetus for this is, of course, the upcoming vote for Ultra Runner of the Year, for which I am thrilled to have a ballot once again, and it is due in just a couple days. So what we've done in the last couple of years is I've invited people on the show to kind of talk me out of making a bunch of different mistakes. So we're going to do that again with uh, our friend Rich in just a few minutes. Before we get to that, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, tonight we've got a couple of beers from Maine. We've got one called Substance and the other is called Reciprocal. I think we'll start with the Substance. We'll uh, we'll work our way up. Are these both from uh, Bissell Brothers? These are Bissell Brothers, yep. Portland, great, Maine. Great brewery Very, in Portland. Yeah, great brewery. Awesome. What are we starting with, Substance? We'll start with the Substance. All it's right. a classic, you know. All right, here we go. Beautiful. Just untangling myself from some wires here. <laughs> All right. Mm, cheers. Cheers. Ooh, ah, that's a classic. Yummy. Yeah, I, I went to visit these guys uh, a couple of years ago. It's a really good spot they have there in, uh, in Portland, and uh, they're making some great beer. Awesome. I like it. So, like I said, this is our Ultra Runner of the Year kind of year in review episode. Before we get into that, it's been, you know, about a month since our last this month in Ultra Running episode, and we haven't been talking about some of the recent results and stuff. I guess the last time we were on, it was just after... North Face, 
Um, so we, you know, the season obviously has started to slow down a little bit. There are just yep. a couple of things we wanted to hit on quickly before we get into the meat of the episode. Uh, the last few weeks we've had, um, you know, JFK, we've had uh, Desert Solstice, uh, the, you and I were both out at Brazos Bend, um, some storylines coming out of there. What kind of struck your eye? Uh, I thought JFK was kind of cool. Um, Seth Ruling winning that 538, a little bit unknown, but, uh, you know, running a, a very good race. Yeah. Uh, Zach Bisser coming in second there, which was called cool. the, the women's race. It was very tight. Cecilia Flory, uh, and then Caroline Veltri, and then Ellie Pell separated by only, I think, like two and a half minutes between three minutes. women. Yep. Very tight race. Yep. And solid times for the women, 646 yep. to 648, Ellie Pell. Yep. Um, you know, uh, New York's own, obviously, yep. and getting yeah. ready for her Olympic trials marathon debut. Um, some good racing there and some good fast times on the men's side, too. As you mentioned, Seth ruling a 538, which is a yep. really strong time. Zach was, I think, I think I saw Zach was like 14 minutes behind coming off the, the AT section, which is, you know, the first 15 or 16 miles of the trail. Yeah. And got it down to like about the 11th place yeah. or something. And he, he, uh, he really worked his way up there. Got so it down to just about a four minute gap impressive. at the end running a, a 342. And, and Luke Paulson uh, close behind in three, uh, sorry, 542. And then Luke Paulson uh, close behind in 544. Yeah, uh, Michael Owen and Jared Burdick rounding out the top five. Uh, those are names that we do touch on once in a while. Both good showings for them just over yeah, six hours. Definitely. Uh, yeah, JFK, the nation's largest and oldest ultramarathon. And, you know, it's obviously seen a great deal of top flight performances and top flight runners over the years. And what we've been seeing recently is with a lot of these young guns and a lot of speed, you know, we're seeing those times come down, you know, I mean, 538 and 542, those were course records, you know, both well under the course record just 10 years ago, maybe less. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know when I ran there in the early 2010s, the course record was still about 545 or so, and that had stood right. for about 20 years. And this is a, wow. you know, 50-year-old 50, 50 race. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, we see guys running under that time all the time. So yeah. that's, that's pretty exciting to see. What else? Desert Solstice was the big news from last weekend, although... Uh, you know, some some good performances at some of the intermediate distances, but um, a little uh, a little flat for the 24-hour total, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the overall winner was uh, Marissa Lizak, and uh, she ran 148 miles. That was a, a strong performance there, but I think, yeah, everything else was more about the kind of intermediate distances. Uh, you know, throwing down some fast uh, 100 miles, some uh, 100 Ks, that kind of thing. Um, and I guess some of that uh, maybe we'll touch on a little bit later. Yeah, the big but news uh, from there, um, we weren't really going to get into the age-graded performances for the year, but uh, the big news coming out of uh, Desert Solstice uh, on the age-graded side uh, certainly was um, Megan Laws yeah. with uh, yeah. a 55 to 59 age group world record at 50K, 356 for 50K at, at 56 years old. Yeah, that's and, impressive. Uh, and also uh, setting national records for 50 miles and 100K. Um, and I think she stopped at about that point. Zach Bitter, again, and that's a name that is going to come up again, I'm sure. I um, think so, yeah. Turned in a, a nice, fast 100K, 639, yeah. which I guess is a U.S. track-only record. That's right, yeah. it's um, There's a road, uh, road run faster than that, I think a little bit faster, right? There are several, yeah. And Max Max King has the U.S. Uh, 100K record, which was set on what's considered a road course. Um, I, I, from what I hear, it was mostly like ceramic tile uh, oh, at, right. wow. at uh, the World Championships a few years ago. That was, at, I believe, 627. And there are wow. a few guys who have run under Zach's 639 in recent years. 
Uh, Pat Regan did it earlier this year at the uh, Project uh, Carbon X 100K. Right. I think he went like 633, and he's done that a couple times. Jeff Burns has been in the low 630s as well recently at the World Championships. But still, 639, a really solid time. I know Zach was trying to put up a qualifying performance that could uh, get him on the team for the 100K World Championships, and, you know, that'll probably do it, is my guess. Yeah, pretty fast. But, uh, yeah, a little thin, I think, in the uh, 24-hour category there, right? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Marissa Lysak, who uh, did wind up taking the overall win. 148 miles, really good performance. Puts her right now number four on the uh, qualifying list for what would be the 2021 national team. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that holds up, hard to say, but, uh, you know, it'll have a real good chance, I think. She probably won't hold on to that fourth position. But, you know, the good news for her is that the people in front of her are kind of the people who you would expect to be in front of her, meaning Camille's in front of her already, Pam's in front of her already. You know, Courtney was right there. She actually bumped Courtney for number four. So it's not like there are that many other people that you would expect necessarily to, to, to... you know, still have to claim their spot. So, you know, that, that may very well hold up, although obviously that, that qualifying window is going to be open for, for a little while. Mark Hammond went out and blasted a real fast 100-mile, running yeah. uh, 1235, uh, which is going to turn out, I think, to be the third fastest 100 of the year. So a pretty good performance there. And, and um, you know, he's, he's been putting up some performances, certainly over the, the past uh, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, no, he's had a, he's had a, a very solid year. Xterra World Championships, not an ultra, but uh, something I just wanted to mention, came one week after the Mountain Running World Championships, which we had talked about on our last episode. Yep. And the uh, fresh off their sweep of the World Mountain Running Championship Flew titles. Out to Hawaii, I guess. Yeah, Joe Gray and Grayson Murphy, the, the Mountain Running Champs, newly minted, flew out to Hawaii and, and swept the Xterra Champs as well. Why not? Uh, some pretty awesome performances there. Sage uh, coming in second for yeah. the men there. Yeah, he had a good run. Um, I know he was trying to, he, he is getting ready for one last crack at the uh, marathon trials uh, standard, I think, in just a couple of weeks. And Andy Wacker, who, as we've said a few times, is probably the greatest uh, short distance trail runner not named Joe Gray coming out of the U.S. in the past 15 years, uh, was, was just off the podium as well. Yeah. Anything else that uh, you noticed? I guess there's, uh, you know, just the big one, the 100 mile national championships at Brazos Bend. Yeah, I forgot to mention, I'm uh, sitting here with the newly crowned uh, 50-plus age group national champion national champion at 100 miles. Yeah, Congratulations. Just, just happy not to get eaten by an alligator, really. But, yeah, uh, and yeah, only lapped once cool. by only lapped once by Pat, right? Or twice, um, maybe. Let's go with once. It probably was <laughs> twice, actually. Moving so fast, I couldn't see if it was him. Yeah, Pat Regan uh, blasting that course, 1221, the fastest 100-mile ever run on a trail uh, 100 which is a, a an odd distinction and, and one that can be debated over and over. I mean, this is, I guess, technically a trail race. It's it's all on dirt. It's yeah. mostly crushed gravel and, and that sort of thing. It's no technical running whatsoever and, and very, very flat. But not to diminish his performance at all, it was incredibly impressive watching him work. Uh, just we, We've commented on that a couple times in the last couple of weeks since the race. Never looked like he was under strain even when you know some the, no, he, he, he had some company for 60 to 70 miles yeah and uh you know people who were kind of putting the putting the pressure on a little bit and he never looked like he was in danger never looked like he was panicked just a very very professional and smooth performance and and just dominated over the final 25 to 30 miles yeah. really really cool and it was just like six weeks after Havelina as well i mean very impressive i mean yep. that's kind of recovery is is great yep 
uh, Julie K- uh, Kaifetz for the women winning yeah. her national chi- title there. Uh, yeah, Michelle awesome. Yates was out on pretty aggressive pace early on. She was flying, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and wound up uh, unfortunately dropping out with, I think, uh, maybe t- 15 or 20 miles to go. Mm-hmm. So some good performances there. And uh, yeah, you want 30 seconds on your race? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was good. The first couple of laps, things started to get a little hot there, started to get, uh, you know, a little uncomfortable in the heat, just had to slow everything down, just try and, you know, make sure I was hydrated, kind of bring myself back. And then, you know, the last kind of few laps were, were pretty good. Uh, I mean, it was actually a fun course for six loops. You'd think it'd get a little boring, but yeah. it was actually kind of fun. The crowd there was good. The yeah. race was really well supported. I yep. mean, seeing the alligators was actually really cool. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty It really neat. was amazing. Um, got to run with an armadillo for a little bit, which was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, overall, it was uh, was a good day out. I really, really had a good time. It was nice, obviously, to go with a group from here as well. Yeah. Uh, that made it a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, I don't think any of us had exactly the day we were hoping for, but it went yeah. well enough. And yep. um, yeah, uh, kudos to Rob and his team for putting on a, a really yeah, great race, race a yeah. very well-marked course, very well-stocked and enthusiastic aid stations. Yeah. And no, it, was uh, it, just, it was a, a class class act all around so yeah, totally it's fun to be out there and uh and to see the the real fast folks mixing it up as well uh quickly ultra trail cape town was just last weekend some yeah. good performances on the cody reed uh, winning that one yeah on the u.s side cody reed with the win and uh amanda basham uh fifth for the yeah. women yeah uh, behind best, best pascal yeah some yeah good, some good performances there that's yeah. a, that's a race that's fairly new on the ultra trail world tour yeah. and we're starting to see some some good performances there uh so that's gonna start playing into i think some people's plans uh towards the end of the season especially with the cancellation the news coming down yesterday of the i don't know if you saw this the north face endurance championship i saw that yeah i wonder what's going on there i mean they're going to relaunch doing something else i mean i can't see it going away i mean it seems that like kind of popularity right it seems too sense. successful to just vanish completely yeah. but uh, as far as i'm aware for now it is off for next year and then and that's the entire series that's bear mountain that's wow uh wisconsin that's a lot of races. And, yeah it's six Big or seven races, races. As well yeah yeah Big in size, and and uh, certainly the the California race, the championship race, yeah. um, is as we've talked about before, more or less the the unofficial end of the season for a lot of the top athletes. So without that, people are going to be casting around for something else. Yeah, yeah and uh, Cape Town may be it. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that on a later episode. Uh, one last thing before we uh, get to Ultra Run of the Year, um, did you see String Bean yesterday on the track? No, what what happened? He I, this popped up on my social media feed just like twelve hours before he started. He basically was like, "Oh, I'm going to a local track in Cincinnati and going after a sub twelve hour hundred mile." And how Solo. did it work out for him? <laughs> he ran okay. Uh, no, he ran great. I mean, he did not break 12 hours, but right. he ran a 12.53. Wow. For a, a solo, good. I mean, more or less solo effort on the just track, not a race. Just turning up to the track and just yep, running. Just going and running 400 laps. I, I wow. know some people had turned. I know Harvey Lewis, I saw, was out there yeah. uh, turning some laps with him. Wow. I mean, a 12.53 is a legit time. Yeah. It's very, uh, very good. You know, it uh, doesn't count as a race, obviously, but, you yeah. know, if it did, would be the fourth fastest 100 in the U.S. this year. Not bad. I mean, you know, yeah. anything under 13 hours is, is fairly legit. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, under those conditions, that's I pretty... I thought about doing that myself, but I changed <laughs> my mind pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, that was that was kind of a, a fun little surprise in, in the social media world yesterday. Yeah, wow. Right now, we are very excited to welcome back to the show our good friend, Rich Heffron. Rich, welcome back to the Pain Cave. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. And, and you are on as our 
third debater for the <laughs> evenings of main event where we're going to talk about the men's and women's ultra runner of the year and performances of the year. And I like to do this every year as I'm sitting down to fill out my ballot, um, just to get a different perspective, mostly so people like yourself can, you know, feel like they've been heard once uh, I send my ballot in and, and then... Um, that way, I, I don't have to listen to you guys complain for the rest of the year. So at, at, at least this way, uh, somebody else's opinions are, are at least considered. But we do this a, a couple days before the ballots are due. That way, if you guys have uh, some good arguments and you can change my mind. And in this case, uh, my mind can be is, is ripe for changing in a lot of these picks. So uh, my ballot is by no means set in stone. So uh, super psyched to have you on. Thank you so much. And uh, let's get right into it. Should we start? We usually start with the women. Should we start with the women? Let's I think that's the, the most ex- sounds good. The best way to go here. I think my yeah. my guess is we're gonna probably all have the uh, the same pick for the ultra runner of the year number one. But uh, let's let's do this in reverse order because that's it's more exciting. And I think uh, okay. the what what Phil and I were both saying before we just had you on here, Rich was um. I th- I think the top four to six or so for both the men and the women were fairly. Like, like there seemed to be a, a pretty, pretty clear demarcation for both of us. You know, once you mm-hmm. got past like the fourth to sixth runners or so, like that was your top, you know, whatever it was, five in, in whatever order it's going to be. And then after that, you know, from six to 15 or so, there was just a big clump of runners that, you know, you could throw any of them in and yeah. out of the top 10. And, and, you know, there wasn't a lot to kind of split people between each other. And, and so I think we're going to, we're going to have some differences kind of in the back half of the top 10 here, the, the, the front half, maybe not so much. So, uh, mm-hmm. let's start off. We'll, we'll, we'll go 10 to one and, uh, uh, Rich, why don't you start us off? Who is your number 10 for the women for 2019 ultra of the year? I went with Sabrina Stanley. Wow. I had her Ooh. a lot higher. Yeah. That, that's, uh, I had yeah. Much well, higher. this is where I did not know how to value her big victory at the reunion. Right, right. Um, I, kn- I know it's a big deal, but it's not, you know, a race that grabs my attention. But I knew that was a big victory and start off the year with that win, it hurt. Right, um, yeah. So it was one of these people where I, yeah, it's kind of like I have trouble assessing how, you know, how amazing those performances were. But it does definitely seem like the one at Reunion was a big deal. Right. And this is this is something that we're going to get into, I'm sure, as we go through these lists, is how do we properly assess a lot of these performances in races we may not be familiar with, big races or, or mm-hmm. maybe not big races, you know, on the European side, especially for some of these runners who are, you know, um, Americans but are based in Europe. And you look at their their <laughs> list of results and it's, you know, four or five races in Europe. And maybe one of them is UTMB or CCC or Transvolcania or something like that. But then, you know, three or four of them are races that, you know, we may never have heard of or, or may have heard of vaguely. And I'm not sure how to, uh, like you said, I'm not sure how to kind of value those performances. Now, at Reunion Island at, at Diagonal de Fou, that is that that's a that's a legit win. I mean that I put that maybe not up with like a win at CCC or UTMB, but maybe just a step yeah, below I mean, that. You're up I mean, against a similar crowd there, right? Normally not as deep, but it's the but same. But you're looking kind at right. You're looking races, at fifteen hundred you know? people, yeah. uh, two thousand people, maybe more. You're looking at right huge vert and uh, very na- gnarly yeah. trails, and right maybe not quite as deep in terms of quality. But that's I mean I, to me, Reunion Island is going to be along the lines of like a trans Gran Canaria or Transvolcania, yeah, I think, big, in terms of prestige. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is hard, I guess, to know where to kind of put that because it is a, you know, a burly mountain race. 
Um, and it's not, you know, quite the UTMB type thing, but uh, that's, a, that's definitely an interesting one. I've, I've got her much higher. I, I have her higher as well, so we'll get to there. Phil, who do you have at number 10? Uh, I'm, number 10 for me is Addie Bracey, third at Sonoma, uh, ninth at States, and third at the North Face. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's had a good year, um, you know. Yeah, uh, she had a very good year. I, I actually have her quite a bit higher on my list as well. Did she make your list at all, Rich? Um, yes, she did. Okay, so we'll get to her. Yeah, she had, uh, Addie had a great year. Uh, you mentioned third at Sonoma, third at North Face, ninth at State. She was also fifth at Bandera, second at Way Too Cool, and uh, first at Quad Rock, which is a decently competitive 50-mile. Right, yeah. A very, very solid year from Addie Bracey. I actually was going to have her up in the top three. I didn't have her quite that high, but uh, she did come out there for me. All right. For my number 10... <laughs> Uh, you guys are going to, you guys are going to, I don't know what you guys are going to say. So I'm just going to say it. I have Camille as my number 10 and oh, seriously, I'm not even sure she, <laughs> I'm not even sure she should be in the top 10. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard you to, you mean Camille, Camille Mayfield or? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean Camille Mayfield. Oh, you mean the uh, 24 hour world record holder and world champion. That's exactly what I mean. Number 10, that one. All right. Okay. So here's what uh, I'm, here's, right. here's how I'm going to explain this. And, and what I have done in the past and, and neglected to do this year when we do this podcast is read you the rules that I, that we get when the ballots are sent around. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it, yeah. it, it is spelled out very clearly, and I should mention also as, a, as a, uh, an adjunct to these rules that um, FKTs are not to be considered for either performance of the year or for ultra runner of the year in terms of you know, adding to somebody's resume. So th- there is a separate category, a separate issue for ultra runner mag. Well, they, they will do their FKTs of the year, and, and it's a different uh, voting body. So just throwing that out there. Excuse me as an aside. But... Okay. The the criteria and and obviously you know the fun of this is that different races different performances different every, every voter is going to value things differently and and you know some people may give more weight to a single performance versus the overall quality of the year but but John Benger who who administers the voting is very clear that this is supposed to be a cumulative award this is supposed to be taking yeah. the the runner's entire work entire body of work into account and that. One great performance is certainly, you know, a, a criteria, certainly a factor, but maybe should not be the be all and end all. That is what performance of the year is for. And this is the same problem that I think I ran into in my voting with Camille last year when she set a world record and had basically no other performances on the books. And she had a very similar season this year. She opened the year with a win at the Tarawera 100, second overall to Jeff Browning. And yeah, I was going to say, she was uh, dueling it out with Jeff Browning there. Yes, she was. And she, she was. ran a 327.50K. So. Okay, that's fine. And that's it. Those, so, and, and then, right, and then the 100-mile, or the, sorry, the 24-hour World Championships, where, again, she did break a world record and win the World Championship, and I'm sure we're all going to talk about her when we get to Performance of the Year. <laughs> that, that's her season. That, that's three races, yeah. two of which were, you know, not competitive, now, part, the, part of the reason that they're not competitive is because Camille is the best, <laughs> one of the best two or three ultra runners in the world, and it's very hard to get competition at, you know, uh, just a regular race. But also, those two other wins, as you mentioned, the, the 50K at uh, Tunnel Hill, and was it Tunnel Hill? Hennepin. Hennepin, yeah. yes, thank you. And, uh, and the 100 mile at Tarawera, those are not competitive races. I mean, Tarawera 100K is a top flight race. Tarawera 100 mile is a new distance that has only been contested for a couple of years and is not drawing the top flight talent. 
And so while those yeah. are impressive performances, those are not, th- those don't move the needle so much for me. So should look, we save our, our criticisms till later? Um, no, go, go ahead. I mean, we'll, we'll get to, I, we'll get to where you guys have her on the list. I, I, I honestly, I, I put her 10th only because I didn't want to hear it for having her like 15th. <laughs> like I, I was very close to not having her on the list at all. So yeah, go ahead. What lay, lay into me. Oh, I, it's not that I had the similar problem of if someone nailed two or three races, but did no more, you know, didn't and even it, have small wins. How do you assess them? And like you're saying, Terraware hundred, whatever. The only impressive thing I really thought was, you know, dueling with Browning for a while. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, he was competitive. I mean, he was only a little bit behind him, so... Well, yeah, I guess the big thing is that the 24-hour was a prestige event, you know, when it comes to the sport of ultra running. Now we're so focused on trail. Now we care about 50-milers and 100-milers. But, like, the 24-hour is kind of it if you're getting back to the roots. And to not only set a world record, but I think she will finish fifth in the men's field, like... Overall, right, right. Uh, and to smash the world record that she already had, I, I get not putting too much emphasis on one performance and the whole resume. Um, but at some point, I wonder too if you're going to be putting up records that might stand for thirty years. Like maybe you just she usually over races, so this isn't always the case. But maybe you need to prepare like that and respect those races okay in that regard that's fine uh my my counter to that is and and I, look i i'm, I'm not going to argue that that's not the performance of the year i mean far and away from yeah. it is and like it's a it's a an historic performance and like you said very very well may stand the test of time there's there's no denying that her second third and fourth biggest races of the year she dnf'd I mean, she, it's not like she didn't toe the line yeah. at other races. She DNF'd yeah. at, as the defending champ at Comrades. She DNF'd at Western States. She DNF'd at Lake Sonoma. You know, th- those are three gigantic races that are going to play major roles in, you know, the selection going forward for, for a lot of, mm-hmm. like, th- those races are huge criterion races for a, the, the rest of the people that we're going to be talking about. And, 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 you know, you can't get a free pass for DNFing. I mean, we've talked about this before too. Like, is a DNF worse than a DNS? Like if she, if she just hadn't started at at any of those races and just had three races and, and won them all and had this, you know, unbelievable world beating performance, does that count differently? Yeah, maybe it does. Uh, And maybe that's not fair, but I, 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 I have a hard time no matter how great that one performance is, when you drop out of your second, third, and fourth most important races of the year, uh, yeah. I, I, I can't have you that high on the list. I, I just can't. No, that's, I, I mean, that's a I, strong I, argument. I don't know. I think 10th is still harsh. I mean, there's plenty of people yeah. on these lists that have, you know, only had to say one win of a, like a decent race, not a great race, and then, you know, some second, third, and fourth places kind of thing. You know, we're talking world champion, world record. I don't know. I, that's pretty big. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And, and, and Terawara, I think it probably is pretty competitive. I mean, like a lot of these are like, you know, racers from, you know, New Zealand and Australia and, and that part of the world. Some fast people there. Maybe not on everyone's radar. She wasn't that far behind Jeff Browning. She led the race for a while. You know, I think that's, you know, a decent win there. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fair. And, and you know, I, I may be 
being a little bit too stringent on this, you know, I, I only award performance of the year for one great performance and you really need a bigger resume for, you know, UROI. Um, and that's, I mean, I, I may be wrong about how I'm kind of viewing it that way. Um, so I'm, I'm happy you did it because <laughs> if I really could have made the case, <laughs> for other reasons, <laughs> I would have tagged her for that. But the I mean, DNS, though, are something that you really just start to be like, yeah, like you're saying, why not just not start if you really don't think you're going to be able to finish or whatever it may be. Right, um, right. And, and maybe, I, yeah, like at some point, maybe you need to start assessing it. It's not like one, it's not like the Walter making it to 80 miles and, you know, you, your leg shuts down or something. Right. Right. And and maybe that's not fair. Maybe it's, you know, maybe, you know, a DNF shouldn't be any worse than just, you know, having a blank spot on your resume. But I, I, I have a hard time not viewing it a little bit differently. So, all right. I, I may be wrong about Camille. I may have to move her up. I, I have to admit, I put her on here only because, well, I shouldn't say that, but I, I, I was very close to having her like 12th. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, so <laughs> I may need to rethink this a little bit. All right, Rich, who do you have for number nine? Uh, this is, yeah, I'm starting to now reconsider uh, what, what I have here. <laughs> well, yeah, I've had to rejig my whole list. <laughs> in, in the moment here, um, particularly after my uh, first pick went like a rock through water. But, um, <laughs> but no, um, I had, I'll stick with my guns, when, even though I'm questioning them. I had Caitlin Gerben. Um, is nine, who probably should be higher as I'm, I'm looking at it now. But once again, it's one of these things of what is six at um, Madeira? Is that yep. how you say it? Madeira yep. Island? Madeira um, Island. You know? Yep. It's like one of those races where I could, that six seems on the fringe to me, mm -hmm. of like where you can have a okay to not poor race and still, if you can hang in there, finish six. Right. Um, but obviously, Western States, the top 10, sixth place there, solid time and second at Transgran Canaria. So um, probably she put together a really, just a solid resume. Yeah. Um, didn't have like, if she wins Transgran Canaria, yeah, she could have been for me as high as sixth or seventh as I'm looking at it, but um, I, I have her in nice. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think you're wrong. I have her in eighth. I, I think that's a... Eighth. I mean, no. by your ranking, you should have like 28th, shouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> well, come on, man. Anything. I mean... <laughs> Look, I all right, fine. Uh, she did. First of all, she did. She won. Uh, she won the Whistler Alpine Meadow 50k, which is a fairly decent race. She won the Red Devil 50k as well, which is a very small win on probably on the order of winning the Hennepin 50k as well. So, right. you know, shove that up your pipe and smoke it. Madeira is. Um, Madeira, there's a gold medal in the way of that. I'm afraid. <laughs> Madeira's in in. Uh, I think is in that category of European races that I am uh, familiar with and, and kind of kind of in that second tier of what I would consider, you know, the top, the absolute top flight races, like, like we were saying before, um, probably similar to uh, Diagonal de Fou, uh, maybe a, a small step below on the level of like a TGC or a TVC or something like that. So, uh, you know, that isn't impressive. And then, and then she was, as you said, second at Trans Grand, Clin Trans Grand Canary, which is probably her, her uh, best, uh, uh, result of of the season, Phil. Who do you have for eighth? Uh, oh, actually, before you have eighth, do you have Caitlin on your list? No. Okay. No, those. Uh, I mean, she is on my list, but she's uh, in the sort of fifteen to twenty. Fifteen area. to twenty. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Who do you have in in ninth? I have Amanda Basham in ninth. Okay. Uh, second at CCC, very competitive race. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Uh, first to Tushes, mm-hmm. and then fifth to Ultra Trail Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think the uh, second place at CCC, that's a big, big result. Yep. Uh, so that certainly, uh, you know, uh, put her up there on my list. Yeah, she was a, a she was my my last cut for the top ten. I had her. I was flirting with her in tenth versus Camille. I wound up with her in eleventh. As you said, the CCC second place that was also a, a just barely cut out of my top five. Actually, right. A very impressive uh, showing there, and yeah, a, a really solid year for her. Kind of along the lines of what we've come to expect from her, and the recent fifth at Ultra Cape Town helping out there. Did she make your list at all, Rich? She did not. That's one where I think I overlooked it. Particularly, I didn't see the Cape Town result. Yeah, that was just re- just um, this past weekend. Sometimes it's or two just weird. Ago. Some of these uh, result aggregators miss like yeah, they some do of the European races. Um, so that's one where yes, she probably would have slipped into a similar spot for me. But uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, ninth, I had Katie Scheid. She make anyone mm-hmm. else's list? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Not She's much higher on mine. Much higher. Okay, yeah. I had her uh, second at Madeira, uh, sixth at UTMB, um, first at uh, the Mont Blanc Ultra, which is not, uh, you know, not as obviously competitive as some of the others, but still a good good run there. Uh, yeah, second at Madeira, sixth at UTMB. That's a, a really, you know, strong re- European resume. She's, again, yeah. as, a, as a U.S. runner based mostly in Europe, just a kind of a tough person for me to evaluate. Um, you know, right. I may have her a little low, but uh, you know, I think in the any she was again one of these people in where anywhere in the back half of the top ten, I would have been happy. Yes. Yeah. Who do you have in eighth, Rich? Um, I have Brittany Peterson in eighth. Okay. Um, I, I have her significantly higher than that. Yeah, she you know amazing run at Western State. Mm-hmm. Uh, she won Bandera. Was Bandera the USATF? 100k championship not this year yeah so that's that's what i thought so yeah. it was not this year but still a golden ticket race obviously yeah decent race at way too cool and then ccc obviously probably below what she was hoping for but um yeah this is one of these things where i always with western states is how much do you value that particularly that one right. real right nailing it there i mean it is the most competitive 100-miler by far in the U.S. Right. Um, and in the world. Or uh, one of the most competitive in the world. Um, but, um, yeah, so so I had her in an eighth position there. Once again, I felt like kind of could have gone anywhere. Yeah. Seven, six in that range. So. I have her a lot higher. I'll talk a little bit more about her when we get to mine. Yeah. I, I have her in eighth, actually. You well. have her in eighth also? Yeah. Okay. First place, Bandera. Really strong run there. And then, obviously, second at Western States. I mean... That's a big result. Yep. So, okay, uh, eighth place for me. I have Caitlin Gerben. We mentioned that already. I think we talked about her. Uh, similar to mm-hmm. to where you had had her, Rich. Uh, seventh place, Rich. Who do you have? Um, I have Yu uh, Wang. I don't know. I think her name. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, Yu Wang. Yep. Yeah. This is one. She raced all three races. She ran. She had excellent races. You know, second to Casey at Black Canyon second lake sonoma just barely missing the win there you know i think less than a minute behind um and then nailed it at a tns mm-hmm. still just can't get that western states race together um but at the same time three just high quality performances and she doesn't dodge competition she shows up at the most competitive you know field so yep. i had her in seven so. yeah 
Agreed. We we talk a lot about her. We talked a lot about her before the Western States uh, on our Western States preview show. We talked about her quite a bit after TNF. Um, yep, right. Again, did did you do you, do you penalize her at all, Rich, for dropping out of Western States and and as you said, just really not being able to figure that race out yet, despite multiple tries? No, because I mean this is so subjective, but um, she's aggressive. She's you know she's gone for the win there mm-hmm. and been out front what through 65, 70 miles or mm-hmm. something. Um, Sounds similar to Camille or her race. I don't want to start with the Camille. <laughs> yeah, this would be an easy road to go down. But Camille seems to sign up for these these races with. Yeah, it's just hard to assess where she's at and what the effort is, whereas something like Courtney or you at, uh, at Western, it just seems different. Um, and what it's the reality of hundred milers, even hundred K, right. you know, that thing, you know, if, if things really go south, you know, you just might not be able to finish. Um, so, and she, you know, all the other performances though were just, yeah, really kind of top notch. And just, as I mentioned, against, the best field right like black canyon had a really strong women's field yeah, she does show up to be had the strongest uh women's 50 mile field and then tnf you know was good and she, she was 13th overall at tnf too so, yeah you know yeah. really that was a stellar performance so. yeah she was uh, another one that i was considering for kind of in that you know 8 to 12 range I, I wound up with her right around amanda and 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 camille and she just did not just barely did not make the yeah. cut for me, but I, I certainly don't have any problems putting her in that kind of six to ten range. That seems perfectly reasonable. Did you have her on your list, Phil? Uh, I do. A you have her higher, further up. Yeah. Okay, so who do you have at seven? Seven, I have uh, Maggie Guttrell. Okay, did Winning not make my list. Backyard. Um, I, you know, I think she had some other smaller races, but that's just for me. That was just such a big, a big win. I mean, I do, I do love that race. So maybe I was a little biased, but uh, yeah, I had her in there at uh, number seven. Uh, okay, I love Maggie. She was a great guest. She's awesome. She did not make my list, um, and I'd, I'd probably have her right around maybe twentieth uh, based on the year. Right. Biggs was an unbelievable performance. We loved it. It's one of my favorite races of the year. We've talked ad nauseum about it, but beyond that, she she did not have a, a season to to match up with everybody else. And and, and I, I did recognize her in the performance of the year category, but right. not enough for a top ten for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Rich, your feelings on Maggie? Yeah, it wasn't even on my radar okay. for top ten, to be honest. I mean, the performance, the Biggs is once again, she's she's in my performance of the year, you know, right. in the mix there. But um, and Biggs too is just so unconventional. I know it's becoming a more common form of you know style of race. Um, uh, her performance obviously being historic, but right. when you're like assessing it versus, yeah, these championship style races. Um, you know, it's kind of so, hard. I don't know. It's okay. almost like it this auto goes to performance of the year for me. Right. But unless the person has, you know, put up some solid results in, in, in strong fields, um, I, you know, doesn't put me in top 10 consideration. So, so you do understand then the concept of just recognizing a single fantastic performance for performance of the year, but not necessarily elevating that person into the top 10. Um. <laughs> If you want to get the world championship for 24 hours to people doing four-mile lifts in someone's backyard, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I had uh, the aforementioned Camelia Mayfield in seventh uh, on my list. Uh-huh. Did she make anyone else? 
She did not make it. No, she was an honorable mention. Yeah, okay. Uh, which, and, and again, for me, 6 through 15, you know, throw them into a hat, shake them around, and, and pull them out. That's, that's fine. Uh, second at Javelina, fifth at uh, Way Too Cool, fifth at Western States, and tenth at Lake Sonoma. Uh, you know, variety of distances, variety of, surface, variety of surfaces, and, um, you know, just some, some very strong performances against, as we've mentioned, some really, some really good fields there. Sixth place, Rich, where do you got? Sixth place, Addy Bracey. Ah, same for me. Just, yeah, just really well-rounded throughout the year, mix of distances, competitive races. Yeah, she could potentially even be one or two spots higher, but yeah, just super solid. Yeah, when I first um, when I first looked at her resume, I was like, oh, she's going to be third. And then, you know, I, as I dug a little more into it, I, I, I did move her down a little bit. But uh, it, unbelievable, uh, or not unbelievable, but a, a really, really strong uh, all, yeah. all the way across the board. Like, did not have any bad races. No, she's got the volume, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Like, volume, it's just kind of missing maybe, like, that one. You know, if she would have finished second or third at Western State, she right. shoots up my list. That's right. She, she's Or win CNF or something. Yes. She's just, just off the, quite, just off the cuff there and a couple of them, but... Right, yeah. maybe and maybe lacking the, the one signature performance to catapult her up into the top two or three. Yeah, did she mm-hmm. win any races? She won uh, Quad Rock 50. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who'd you have sixth, Phil? Uh, I have EO Wang. Okay. Uh, so. we're obviously winning North Face, second at Sonoma, and yep. uh, second at Black Canyon. Yep, so uh, we talked about her. And again, that's, year for her. that seems perfectly reasonable to me, even despite the, the DNF at Western States. Fifth place, now we're getting into the kind of the heart of the matter. And I, again, this was kind of my break point, was uh, six through 15 or so, uh, fairly interchangeable for me. For me, the top five was was fairly well set. Rich, who did you have for five? Who was your six? Did you say? I, I had Addy as, as well. Addy Bracy. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned that. Okay. Um, fifth, I had Claire Gallagher. Okay. I have her fourth. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty. Yeah. Way too cool win. That's always you know a fifty k's go. That's top notch, and then knocked it out of the park at Western State. Yep. Biggest biggest trail fifty k of the year. Biggest trail hundred mile of the year domestically. Won them both. West, yep. Western States was a historic performance. Second fastest time ever on that course uh and uh you know she got a little bit forgotten at north face but uh you know on a, on a not great day she got it out of top 10 and you know that's that's as good as some of the other people that we're talking about here uh have as you know one of their top two or three races as well uh great year for mm-hmm. her claire uh phil <laughs> you can call me claire i can call you claire um fifth for me was casey okay javelina first place uh, black canyon first third at western states fourth at bandera Pikes Peak, fifty mile, first place. She had a good year. I mean, mm-hmm. now now I'm looking at that. I think maybe she a little higher than. Fifth. I have her significantly higher than that. Yeah, but uh, I, I assume Casey's is going to be on your list as well, Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fifth, I had Sabrina Stanley, who we mentioned a little bit earlier. The kind of crowning performance for her this year was the win at Diagonal de Fou on Reunion Highland, and she also uh, with the the win at Hurt. And actually, as far as I could tell, it looked like she won every race she entered. Not all of them were to those uh, sizes, obviously. I mean, but uh, Cruel Jewel 50, another very difficult, gnarly trail run yep. uh, with a dominant win there. She won Never Summer 100K, which I think was kind of yep. her hard rock replacement race for the summer mm-hmm. uh, after she didn't get a chance oh, to defend her title. Yeah. Um, she's had four good wins, like first place you know yeah what I mean? she she won every race she entered diagonal defu was a a masterpiece performance there yeah. 
I, I, I thought she was solidly in the top five for me. Fourth place, I mentioned that I have Claire, so we can skip me for that. Rich, who do you have in fourth? I had um, Katie Scheid there. Okay. Uh, this is one where I may have... Well, I don't think I am overestimating the her European results. I mean, second at Madeira, that's legit. To me. It's one of these races on the Ultra World Tour. It feels at times like five elites are flown in by their sponsors. Right. That's like the competitive field. And that's the field, exactly. Um, and and so you're like, well, as long as you finish and don't like melt down, <laughs> right? You're going to be fifth, certainly be right. top ten, and, and hopefully higher. Um, yeah, but second in Madeira, one Mont Blanc. I looked at the field there and it looked, you know, relatively solid. Um, and then sixth at UTMB. I'm a, I'm con- continue to be blown away by just how deep UTMB is these days because they can have so many, you know, entrants, right? Um, even compared to Western States. So, um, yeah, to have a really solid run at UTMB, too, particularly because the U.S. men stunk it up this year there. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, I had her in fourth place. I might have to move her up a little and move Camelia Mayfield down a little bit because the, the sixth at UTMB is really a, a standout performance and, and the second at Madeira as well. Phil, did you have Katie? Uh, no, I don't have. You don't have. Oh, right. We talked about that already. Who do you have, Phil, in uh, fourth place? Fourth is Sabrina Sandley. Okay, I think so we, we mentioned, we mentioned her at, at length. So, yeah. uh, very similar to me. So, and I had Claire in fourth. Top three. Uh, who do you have in third, Rich? This is. Um, I have Casey. Okay. Uh, Casey Lichtig in third. Just yeah, she's back at it. She's, she's back. back. Casey is all the way back. Um. Started off the year with that fourth at Bandera, which is surprising for her. But uh, then she was just her back to being that, like, you can put money, she'll be in the top three yep. at every race runs. Um, so, yeah, great performances at, at Western States and Havelina. So, I yep. think, uh, for me, it was very clear cut uh, that she was the, so, you know, kind of solid third. Yeah, fastest 100 mile of the year outside of a track setting uh, at Javelina. The win at Black Canyon in, I believe, fairly dominant fashion, if I remember correctly. Podium mm-hmm. at Western States, and then, you know, clean, she, yeah. cleaning up around uh, the Midwest as well. Yeah, yeah, fairly fairly solid there. Phil, third, who do you have? Uh, I have Claire Gallagher. Okay. Third. Okay, so we talked uh, at length about Claire there. The, the win, obviously, at Western States and Way Too Cool, eighth at North Face. And uh, I had Brittany Peterson uh, at third, who I think we've mentioned already. But uh, just to go over her, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about her. Uh, Richard mentioned first at Bandera. Uh, again, uh, in a really strong women's field at Bandera yeah, this very year. very strong. Um, yeah. We've obviously already mentioned several people on this list who, who were there. And, and that's not always the case at Bandera. It kind of fluctuates a little bit it does, yeah. um, from year to year. But this year... Uh, the women's field particularly very, very competitive, and, and that was a great performance there. Uh, second at Western States, and, and that's not just any second at Western States. It was a very close second, and yeah. that's, the, that's the fourth fastest time ever yeah. at Western States. In the, in that. She was leading up until about three, four miles ago. She was leading, and I, th- I think Claire got her right around No Hands Bridge? Or just, right, yeah. I mean, it was, I it was so. very, very tight there. Or maybe it was, maybe it was at the highway, at Highway 49, the last five miles. A real battle there. Sixth at Way Too Cool. Uh, 19th, as you said, at CCC, a little bit below her the rest of her year, but still a really, I mean, a top 20 at CCC is uh, a very, very yeah. strong performance in a field yeah. like that. And what we didn't mention mm-hmm. before, also, she was fourth at Tromsø, which is another uh, right. top flight okay. European race. So that was a, oh, I mean, okay. when, when you add all that to the the fairly, I mean, that's the, the fastest runner-up finish at Western States ever. 
could have could have right. won obviously almost any other year uh, on that on that course. That that's a top three finish for me. Second place we talked about, I had Casey in second. Who do you guys have there? Uh, yeah, I have Camille Heron in second. Oh, God. <laughs> I have Courtney in second. You have Courtney in second? Yeah. You have Camille number one? Yeah. <laughs> You're out of your fucking mind. I'm not. <laughs> I think she totally deserves to be in first place. I, I started with Camille Sorry. In, in first. She's a world champion. Uh, like Phil. You guys are yes, both out of your you. minds. You're yeah. out of your minds. I mean, world champion counts for nothing. It doesn't world count record. for nothing. It counts for performance of the year, and it's a very, very, <laughs> very strong performance on your resume. Name her other finishes. We did. There Sarah are two Lara. of them. Yes. And the Hennypin 50K. Very impressive. 27. Very, very impressive. impressive. You're, you're being harsh about this 50K, which for her isn't that great, but 327, and it's not on the road, although it's practically a road. Oh, come on. That's a road. 327, look, I, I know she can run a lot faster and has run a lot faster. That does not put her in the top 10 at the 50K World Championships this year. No. But, uh, come on. It's, Hennepin is slightly slower, at least, than uh, the course was at the, the 50K World Championships. Um, yeah, but I think it's also the scale of her world record. I mean, she's added, what is it now? 10 miles to the world record? Nine miles? It's like she significantly improved it. Um, this is where I need to buff up on my stats. But I feel like she's uh, really like increased it exponentially. I'm um, fucking speechless. This is ridiculous. And uh, she also won I the team gold like as well. So. What? For the 24 hour. She won the team gold as well. You didn't, you didn't put Pam Smith on there. Yeah, but she didn't win overall and break the world record. Don't care. You can't count and the team goals. And come goal. second overall at Terawara. That's Jesus true. Christ. I have Pam Smith honorable mention, actually, for her win in Mohican and, and uh, finishing fourth at, at the world championship. Yeah, I had Pam, so, I had Pam in, the, uh, in the 15 to 20 range, yeah. 24 hours, though, are very easy to assess. She was 14 miles behind, you know, Camille. Um, so a solid performance, but uh, to say the least, but... Not even in the, the realm of 167.47 miles, Jason. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I'm literally dumbfounded. Well, I guess Jay's got Courtney for number one then. I, I don't see how it's a, I don't see how it's an argument. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, she's won some God. big races, but she's not a world champion. Oh, no, she is in the team. She's a world champion in yeah. the team. <laughs> That's actually what put her over the top for me, Phil, is I was similar to you at first thinking Camille's first. But then she was a part of the, the 24-hour team yeah, um, and winning UTMB and, and Madeira and winning the 100K at Terrawara, the more competitive of the races. Yes. Yeah. Apparently Terrawara doesn't count, though, according to Jay. I didn't say that. What I said <laughs> was the Terrawara 100K is the premier race at Terrawara and is a literal world-class event. Right. Which, by the way, she won. <laughs> she won Madeira, which we've been just talking about more or less nonstop for the past 20 minutes. Winning UTMB, the third U.S. women woman ever to win UTMB. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, how o many... Overall win at Behind the Rock, setting a course record there, and uh, on a course where a number of men have run decent times there and put up s solid performances. Right. I, well, that's why I have her in second place. She's had a good year. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you, you need to you need to open another beer. I, I, I don't. I'm not drunk enough for this this discussion right now. Okay. All right. I feel there might be a personal animus here. I think so um, as well. This is the guy who runs 24 hour races has some anger towards the world champion in 24 hour races. Look, I've I made, know. I thought you would have more respect for this performance. Well, you, I know you have respect for the performance, but not for her resume. I understand. That's that's exactly the argument. And and look, I, I've I've said before on the show that I have, have a beer, difficult thank you. I have a difficult time relating to Camille as a fan. And that that look, I'll 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 be willing to admit that that may be coloring me a little bit, and that she probably needs to move up from tenth to have her as number one. I, I can't. I, I'm speechless. Speechless. Okay. Well, we'll see what the rest of the voters, if they uh, validate Phil and myself, or if they validate you. Well, I know. I know they're going to agree with you. She was second or third last year <laughs> with the same exact resume. I mean, it's you know. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, some animosity yeah, here. I don't know. Something's going on behind the scenes. I respect that. <laughs> All right. Perfor- performance of the year. Let's blow through these <laughs> kind of quick. Let, I, I'd like to do these in, in one to five order. Um, so we'll just go through okay. quick. I, I, I assume that the uh, Camila stands here have the, the world championship world record at number one. If you I don't, assume this is correct. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, second place, I have Courtney's win at UTMB. Um, uh you don't have oh, it on there? Uh, no, I do, yes. Courtney, se- uh, second yeah, win at UTMB. Okay. My order's a bit jumbled, sorry. You're a bit jumbled. Okay. Third place, what do you guys have? Biggs Backyard. Um, Maggie. Me, me as yeah, well. Maggie at Biggs. Backyard too. You have that also. Wow. Three for yeah. three. Fourth place, I have Claire at Western States. Same for me. At least we uh, agree on something. I, I actually screwed this up. It's probably, it should be Claire, but this is where I had Sabrina Stanley fourth place. Okay. Like, and uh, I, reunion. I, I had, I had her fifth. Yeah. I had that in fifth, uh, Sabrina Stanley at reunion. Yeah. Same. Yep. Okay. Had, well, that was pretty I easy. Pam I mean, Smith in fifth. you had Pam Smith in fifth. So you, okay. you didn't have Claire on there? No, which now I'm reflecting, but Pam Smith, I mean, it was just Western State. So world I mean, championship. Sure. Tough for me to weave off. Sure. And I'm not somebody who is, you know, who, I mean, who automatically says that the Western States win needs to be a top five performance. I mean, somebody has to win Western States every year. That doesn't mean it's one of the five best performances. But the fact yeah. that she has the second fastest second time there yeah, ever yeah. and uh, and the way True. that she won that race. Yeah, it was like a real battle. I mean, Although I think it's exactly. Real, I, I feel not, obviously, I don't want to knock it. 17.23 is incredible. But what's Ellie's record? 16.47 on a cool, cool day. So the weather was sure. I, yes, ideal it, but, conditions. Um, but still, uh, what's that? Um, you know, thirty-eight odd minutes off of, of that record. Okay, it's not fourteen miles behind somebody in the same race. No, this is, this is true. <laughs> but you know, uh, we get to finish at the same time. Some honorable mentions, performance of the year. Uh, we mentioned uh, Amanda Basham, second at CCC. I had uh, Hillary Allen's win at Cortina D'Ampezzo, which uh, was a, a fun one. And that's yeah, a, a, she had that as well. Yeah, had that in there. Uh, Erica Hoagland, I wanted to shout out. Course record at Rio de Lago. That's been around forever, that race. So that was a cool one to see there. And uh, Stephanie Kaye, second at Ronda Del Sims. Wanted to mm-hmm. mention that one there. Any other performances you guys wanted to mention? No, I think you hit on, nope. hit on most of them there. Anyone else that didn't make your top 10 that you thought should have? The, the other people that, that I kind of wanted to name check quickly, who I had considered kind of in that uh, 6 through 16 or so range, you know, I talked about Amanda, we talked about EU, 
Um, I had Catherine Drew in there, Taylor Nallen, and Emily Hoggood, um, who I'm not really sure what to do with. Emily Hoggood is a, a Zimbabwean uh, national who resides in the U.S., so I guess counts, you know, was that's the situation that Ian Sharman was in, I guess, for a number of years where not a citizen but living in the U.S. She's just, you know, it doesn't seem like she's been here quite as long and seems a little bit odd to be considering her. But she had a very good year with a win at uh, the historic American River 50 and a win at uh, Ultra Trail Huracana, third at Chuckanut and fifth at Tromso. So wanted to put her in there as well. I had her in, down in the 15 to 16 range. Any other tough snubs for you guys before we move on to the men? No, I had no. Christine Mosley written down on the outside looking in, but there wasn't there wasn't too many. Yeah. All right. Cool. Should we do the guys? Let's do it. Do it. Let's do the guys. All right. 